were here with the winning captain from South Africa, Sia Kualisi. Sia, just tell me when the final whistle went, what were your first thoughts? I was just grateful. I was grateful for everything that uh, the team has, has been through. You know, we face a lot of challenges. Um, but, you know, the people of South Africa have gotten behind us and we are so grateful the people of South Africa. And, you know, we have so many problems in our country. Um, but to have a, a team like this, you know, we come from different backgrounds, different races, and we came together with one goal and we wanted to achieve it. I really hope that we've done that for South Africa to show that we, we can pull together if we want to win and we achieve something. Couldn't have said it any better, Cap. Just to the game, how important was it for you guys as a team to lay a physical marker early? That's why we have a 6-2 six, uh, six split to, to make sure that we go out physically and they knew that uh, that's what we wanted to do, you know, our coach doesn't hide it. And, uh, and from the minute go, we wanted to have a good start because we know that's what they were chasing. So the boys, that's why the sh some guys' shoulders were off, you know, early contact. So yeah, but they were, they were amazing today. They challenged us to the best. I know you touched on it just a little bit earlier, but in a country where rugby's a religion, what does this mean? Man, I have never seen, since I've been alive, I've never seen South Africa like this. You know, obviously in 95, what uh, the World Cup did for us, you know, and now, you know, with all the challenges we're having, you know, the coach just came in and told us the last game, we're not playing for ourselves anymore, we're playing for our people back home, you know, and that's what we wanted to do today and we really appreciate all the support, people in the taverns, people in the shebeens, you know, people in farms, some homeless people, there were screens there and people in rural areas. Thank you so much. We appreciate all the support. We love you, South Africa, and we can achieve anything if we work together as one. Absolutely inspirational words. Congratulations, Skip. Thank you so much. And lastly, thank you so much to the people of Japan, the people that came from England as well. Thank you so much for supporting the sport of rugby. Thank you to World Rugby for bringing rugby here. We appreciate you all. Arigato gozaimasu. Thank you. That was World Cup winning Springbok captain, Sia Kolisi, Utkwashu, Utkriya, Unjenje, Ulao, Manzini, speaking moments after the Springboks beat England 32-12 in the Rugby World Cup final at Yokohama Stadium in Japan on Saturday. I've been there. Unfortunately, I wasn't there for the World Cup final. I probably peaked too early, much like England, who had knocked out New Zealand a week prior. I was there the first week of the tournament. Talk about picking the worst week to go to the Rugby World Cup final. But history was made. Kulisi became the first black captain to lift the trophy for the Springboks. He was accompanied by a stellar cast of players, coaches, managers and support staff who all contributed to South Africa winning their third World Cup title. And of course, Rusty Erasmus was named the coach of the year at the World Rugby Awards that happened on Sunday. South Africa, the Springboks were named team of the year at the same tournament. And the player of the year was Peter Stiff Tutoy, who I think was the reincarnation of Juan Smith, of course, the South African number seven, who helped South Africa to the 2007 World Cup title, which was 12 years ago. It is an incredible feat considering that just two years ago, the Springboks were ranked as low as seventh in the world, but with Rassi Erasmus at the helm, they turned it around to beat the highly favored English team coached by Eddie Jones in the final last week. I'm not sure if you got it. I hope you didn't miss it. We had Stephen Jones, the UK Sunday Times rugby writer on the Sports Live podcast to preview the final. Stephen 
to his credit, had a good sense that Rossi could pull the wool over Eddie Jones's head during the final. And that's exactly what happened. They expected the Springboks to play a rather boring, rather dreary game, which is what they had showed, to be fair, against Wales. There were no tries, um, well, no backline tries uh, that 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 involved the flair and 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 and, and the debonair attitude that was shown in the final. I mean, the only try that they scored against Wales was pretty much Damien Dielander, um going one man and and bullying his way across the try line. But in the final, man, in the final, the hands from Lukanyo Am to find Marco Marx, who then found um, Makazole Mapimpi. Although there was a hint of a forward pass and uh, the referees could have called it back, they deemed the pass to be legal. Mapimpi went forward, towed it ahead. Lucanio Am chased, gathered, gave it back to Mapimpi, same time, and it was try time to the Springboks. But Stephen Jones wrote a beautiful piece uh, in uh, the Sunday Times UK. And I'll read a snippet from it where he says, The Springboks deserve their victory. They played wonderfully well on the day. They upset the favorites. And this time, uh, they are so much more representative of their backdrop than they ever were. There is no check on their celebrations. Rassi Erasmus has done a fantastic job in a limited period of time. Perhaps the win will generate interest and income so that uh, they can uh, uh, pay their top players enough to keep them in the country at present there are so many of them at sale sharks they should hold their squad sessions in manchester the hauntingly beautiful country full of problems full of glories and the bitterness of history can sleep easy tonight after that the battles continue but they have done their bit they dominated the final and once again it is the springbok that is leaping highest it will be a hard englishman's morning who does not feel part of their joy Compared to the life of rugby, comes home in second place. Compared to life, rugby comes home in second place. I just love that last bit by by Stephen Jones, man, where he talks about South Africa being the hauntingly beautiful country, full of problems, full of glories, and the bitterness of history. But for just one night, South Africa can sleep easy. I think we've taken more than just one night, Stephen. I can guarantee you that. We've taken the whole weekend and quite possibly quite a few months as well where we will enjoy this victory. But of course, it wouldn't be South Africa, would it, if there weren't a few people trying to piss on our chips and trying to rain on our parade. Yes, I've seen all the Nziki Mazwai posts and yes, I've seen all the Buiselo Ndlozi um, tweets. Yes, guys, we do understand that this Rugby World Cup win does not solve transformation and nobody said it does and if you've been following the transformation conversation instead of jumping on an already moving bandwagon you would realize there's a lot of people that have actually been making this argument since day one people have not been waiting for the rugby world cup to be in siakolisi's hands for them to raise the issues in the country as far as redress is concerned i mean i wrote a whole book about being a black springbok with tando manana telling tando manana's story and if that wasn't enough you'd have to listen to the room dividers where robert mara as well as tando manana uh, bring guests on and, and they speak about what um it what the rugby landscape is like and Really, these conversations are new. And what I don't like is the fact that people who won't, won't normally uh, give a toss about what happens on a rugby field have decided to use this moment either to advance their political ideals or 
simply for clout. And there will be a lot of clout chasing. There will be a lot of trolling. There are a lot of people. I mean, it's it, the people who was, who've, who've accused Sia Colisi of being a window dressing exercise, the fact that he's a captain, which I, I have to be honest, I find rather disturbing and disgusting because the guy is one of the hard work, most hardworking rugby players I have ever met. And... He certainly deserved his place as the leader of this team and no doubt in the in the back row of this team. And were it not for Trevor Nyakane's injury, we could have had an all-black front row, something that would have been unheard of. Not, fi- not, not five, not ten, two years ago before Rassi Erasmus got to this team. I mean, two years ago, we had a, we had a black coach, Alistair Kutsia, who had an opportunity to make Sia Kulisi captain, and he just wouldn't make that decision. But Rassi Erasmus had the foresight to do so, and... Sia Kolisi went on and led South Africa to the Rugby World Cup. And if that doesn't speak volumes of the man and that doesn't earn him credit, I don't know what will. But anyway, this is South Africa, man. We all have our opinions. And at the end of the day, look, uh, people are always going to say this thing and that thing. And, you know, until we get to such a point where we appease everybody, which I'm not sure will ever really happen, we're always going to get um, a, a dividing opinion. And what I do hope is that at least let's, let's not discredit the work that has been done by these players as well as their coaching staff. I mean, you look at that coaching staff, aside from Rassi Rasmus, you've got um, Lindsay Ware, who's from East London. You've got um, Dr. Jerome Mampanya, whom I respect immensely you've got um, JJ Fredericks who used to play and he's a logistics manager man and he's been with the Springboks uh, through the highs and lows JJ and nobody ever ever mentions him he does the hard work in the background and um, you've got Mzwandi Lestik of course uh, the, 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 the assistant coach who works with skills I mean if you're going to put a dampener on things and say that those guys are window dressing although they've done the work to help the Springboks win the Rugby World Cup god damn it you are really, really discrediting some very, very good professionals in that team. And, and you know, to their physio, to their logistics people, to all the staff members, the media people, Rayan, uh, Andy, and the guys who were in South Africa that didn't go over to Japan, Lindue, um, um, DJ, you know, I, I, I take my hat off to you guys. It's been a very rough four years since the last World Cup. But, you know, with, the, with winning comes a good feeling and uh, in the majority of the country. So... The rest of us aren't going to be down because of a couple of tweets and a few cloud chases. We're just going to enjoy this. And enjoy this, we did. I managed to head down to um, OR Tambo and catch up with uh, the Springboks on arrival. And man, oh man, was it a vibe. Wow, what an incredible reception the Springboks received here at OR Tambo this afternoon and this evening as the players came through the parade what seemed like a never-ending day, the Springboks walked out of the arrivals terminals at Oa Tambo International. Sia Kolisi holding that trophy. What a historic moment it was. And as promised, I wanted us, I wanted you guys to hear what uh, Rassi Rasmus, the coach, as well as Sia Kolisi, the captain, had to say as they arrived to heroes welcome here at OR Tambo International where all South Africans of all ages, young, old all colour, all races were here to support the Springboks chanting Sia Kulisi's name singing songs of jubilation expressing their joy in seeing the Springboks once again world champions but I want you to hear 
straight from the horse's mouth, straight from Rasi Rasmus and Sia Kulisi about what this moment meant to see the pair of them walk through almost, almost hand in hand. It was there, I guess, in a strange way, their Winnie and Mandela and Nelson Mandela moment as they walked together side by side to deliver yet another piece of history for South Africa. What an incredible, incredible welcome they received. You think you won because you wanted it more than the English team, because it meant so much to the people outside here. Both of you, uh, Khaleesi first, please, and Razin. Yeah, I think um, we won because, yeah, we definitely wanted it a lot. Um, I know they also wanted it a lot, but I must say the people outside here and the people inside here did help us a lot. Um, it gave us another reason, you know, to fight even harder because yeah, we knew what was going on back at home. And I think Coach reminded us that uh, we have a privilege of doing what we're doing and that can give a little bit of hope to the people. And yeah, it did drive us, seeing, us, seeing all the videos in malls, in taverns, and every, every, every single person in the street celebrating. So we knew it was much more than just for our personal gains. It was for the country. Coach, you spoke about pressure and, and, the, and the fact that there's so much at stake here. Could you just expand on that again? Yes, I think she had touched on that. And, you know, uh, after the first All Black Test match, which we lost, uh, we, uh, as I said in the press conference after the after the World Cup final, I felt we had a terrible week uh, leading into that first uh, pool game against New Zealand. And after that week, we, we sat down and, and said, listen, what, what is pressure really uh, for us? And we were quite honest with one another. And every, every single player had a contribution and saying, listen, but what is pressure really? You know, how can we be nervous going into a big test match if there's so many other things in life that we, we can be nervous about? And, and that's just actually what I tried to say in that, in that media conference, that pressure in South Africa isn't exactly what people in New Zealand experience as pressure. And it's different in England and it's different in France. And uh, when we play, you know, we shouldn't play under pressure. You know, we should play under under the, the, you know, the nice, uh, I wouldn't say burden, but the nice um, um, luck or that, what we have to go and try and, and, and fix some problems for South Africa. And that's not pressure, that's a hell of a, of, of, of a compliment to have. And, and I think that's the way we turned it around. And then on your first question, uh, did we win it because we wanted it, wanted it more? Uh, I don't, I think that's half of it. I think the other half is these guys really trained hard, you know, that we were, that they were really fit. They were well conditioned, you know. Uh, they did all their homework really well in terms of uh, the game plans. They, you know, they they they, they recovered well. Uh, they were really professional right through the all 135 days that we were together. So I think that's the first part that that played a big role. And then the second part was definitely uh, South Africa. You know, uh, we, we we wanted to win it for South Africa. That that's without a doubt. And you, you can see what's happening currently. Yeah, it, it just absolutely drove us when we made. When they made a tackle half-time when they came in, the chat was again about South Africa. It wasn't about the actual game plan. It was about the people back home watching the t- watching TV, the messages. So uh, for half of it, hard work. The other half was, was you guys. Guns, an essential tool in self-protection or a catalyst for criminality. 
CliffCentral.com presents GunCast, a podcast that unpacks the divisive issue of gun ownership in South Africa. Join legal expert Martin Hood as he hosts a series of talks with both sides of the gun lobby. Whether you support the right to carry guns or you believe they're a destructive tool that society could do without, GunCast will enlighten and challenge you in equal measure. Find GunCast now on the Cliff Central app, on cliffcentral.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm going to skip quickly now to the upset and playmakers of the week. It's a really a no-brainer. Um, but before I do that, actually, let, let me recap a little bit on the other sports. You might, you might be feeling a little left out. You might be a Chiefs fan and you might want to, you know, bask in some glory of some very pretty decent results of late. You guys beat Mamelodi Sundowns in the league a week prior and you've kept it off with uh, knocking out Orlando Pirates and pe- on penalties after a 2-2 uh, draw um, after extra time. I think it's a good time to be a Chiefs fan at the moment and uh, there's a lot of talk of beneficiaries. Who's benefiting from refereeing errors and who's not but I think it's a real slight on uh, South African officiating when week in week out there are debatable decisions. But hey, it's football and until technology is fixed and and I guess everyone's happy, you're always going to get those human errors. But yes, kudos, Kaiser Chiefs. Again, we're talking about them. And I've never spoken this much about Kaiser Chiefs at any point in time. And I've edited Kickoff Magazine. That tells you something about the Chiefs team we have under Ernst Middendorp at the moment. Yep, they beat Orlando Pirates to make it through to the semifinals of the Telcom Knockout where, hey, it seems like there are, there's either going to be a, um, a, a KZN Derby in the final or it might just be Mamelodi Sundowns and Kaiser Chiefs. Everybody's hoping that it will be another uh, Kaiser Chiefs Sundowns um, uh, uh, matchup there in that final because Myersburg United beat Highlands Park also on penalties over the weekend and Mamelodi Sundowns beat Cheaper United as well on penalties with Supersport United going down to Golden Arrows, an incredible result. Uh, Steve Compeller's uh, Golden Arrows still pulling up some amazing results, but they will meet Mamelo Sundance, and that is going to be a very, very tough fixture. Chiefs face Marisburg United in the other fixture. That was what the draw pulled up, and well, we'll see how the, that uh, those two fixtures uh, pan out. Yeah, those are the Telcom knockout uh, semifinals. Um, it is expected that a lot more thrills and spills will take down in the English Premiership as well. Whew, what happened there? Chelsea continued the winning streak. Man United got beaten by Bournemouth. Liverpool scraped, um, scraped, scraped, scraped uh, past Villa, I think. And uh, whew, Man City as well. Man City were also taken to the wire. And so if you are an Arsenal fan and you're licking your wounds after your team drew 1-1 with Wolves, it's, I think it's time where you have to consider chasing, changing teams, my man. But I'm a Chelsea fan. I don't hide it. We won against Watford. How, how long is it now? I think it's six wins in a row. Yeah, we are in the top four. We are fourth. We are just behind Leicester. Leicester also won over the weekend. We just can't seem to shrug them off. Well... 
That's the EPL and that's enough. Enough of other sports. We are cracking straight back onto rugby. We're not done with analyzing this rugby World Cup, this historic moment. I will get onto the upset of the week, of course, that has to go to the Springboks, upsetting hot favorites, England, to scoop the William Webb Ellis Trophy. England were overwhelming favorites for the World Cup final after they eliminated previous holders, New Zealand, in the semifinals. But on the big day, England didn't turn up and the Springboks showed their might. Which brings me to the playmaker of the week. Goes to Makazole, D-Rex, Mapimpi and Cheslin Kobe for scoring South Africa's first and second tries in World Cup finals history during the 32-12 demolition of England in the Rugby World Cup final at Yokohama Stadium last Saturday. And right, let's let's unpack it. Let's sit down. Let's go through what happened. I was fortunate enough to watch the game with, shall I say, some of the best rugby minds, some of the most skillful players we've seen in the country, guys who are Springboks in their own right. I'm talking about Warren Whiteley as well as Ryan Kankowski. Yeah, we were in the same venue watching it and uh, taking down some Heineken's. Man, oh man, what a great, great day. Of course, Warren Whiteley not not so long ago, he was the captain of the same Springbok team. Heck, it might have even been him lifting that trophy where not for injuries. Unfortunately, Waza uh, didn't make it to the Rugby World Cup squad. Then Ryan Kankowski was in Japan in 2015 when the Springboks actually lost to Japan in Brighton. So he copped a bit of, of, of flack when um, he was a lone South African in the pub, a story which he is about to tell to us in just a moment. So it is a fascinating conversation. It was recorded moments after Sia Kolisi lifted the Rugby World Cup trophy. I don't think it gets better than this in terms of analyzing the Rugby World Cup final two Springboks, one of which was part of the training camp just before they left for Japan and has captained this, the team, Ryan Kankowski, who has played decades in professional rugby, both of whom looks retired now. Certainly, Ryan Kankowski is playing more golf than rugby at the moment. And Ryan Whiteley has, well, he told us on record on the Sports Life podcast that, yeah, he wants to get into coaching as soon as next year. Will he be a player coach? I don't know. You'll have to listen. But first things first, Rugby World Cup analysis brought to you by Warren Whiteley as well as Ryan Kanko Kankowski. All right, I'm hanging out with Warren Whiteley as well as Ryan Kankowski. Yeah, both former Springboks, both uh, former number eights, and we are at the Heineken Experience. We just watched the Springboks lift the Rugby World Cup for the third time with Sia Kolisi as captain. Absolutely unbelievable. I still haven't digested it. I don't know if you guys have. I'll start with you, Kenko. Um, what was it like just that final moment where it sunk in that the Springboks have actually done this? I don't think it's sunk in yet. You know, it's... It's something so special, especially to see where the guys came from and how hard they've worked. Yeah, yeah. You know, to actually lift this trophy and, you know, I think it's going to take a couple of days for everyone to kind of sit down, get over the whole party stage like, and actually realize yeah. what they've actually done. You know, yeah. it was, and what a performance. You know, everyone put their hand up. Um, you know, as a team, you can't fault them. They. They were amazing together. Yeah. And Warren, you captained this team not so long ago. And unfortunately, due to injuries, uh, you weren't able to be part of the current setup. What was it like for you to actually watch the guys actually, you know, follow through on, on, on the plan? No, it was incredible. And knowing the amount of 
planning that's gone into this campaign. I've said it before in one of our first alignment camps, um, seeing Rossi plan every single day to the minute of yeah. this World Cup. Yeah. You know, they plan to play in this final. Um, it was just phenomenal. And as Ryan said, I don't think any of us really believe or really know the impact and the historical moment that this really is. I think maybe in the next week or two or month, we're really <laughs> going to come to terms with it because this is massive. Eh? It was just huge yeah. from where this team has come from. Mm. Two years ago, ranked you know seventh in the world yeah. to now be world champions. Um, it's just phenomenal, and uh, you know, see our list, lifting that trophy. Yeah, you no looks words. like you've got goosebumps there. Yeah, thing, no, it's it's special. You know, it's. Because you've been there, you've put in the hard work, you know, yeah. you've, you, you know what those players are going through and just to see how, um, you know, you can see how much it means to them, you know, you can see on their faces and how hard they were trying from the first minute to the 80th, so. Couldn't have know, been an easy job, I mean, both of you have played at the highest level, obviously, and just the England side looked absolutely terrifying after that semi-final. Do you think they emptied their tank uh, in the semi against the All Blacks? One of my concerns for the English going into this game was that performance against the All Blacks. Mm -hmm. Immediately after that performance, the pressure was on them. Immediately they were seen as favourites. Right, right, right. So they were enjoying the tournament nicely, you know, blow under the radar, yes. people watching the All Blacks and Springboks, see what yes. they will do, and then after suddenly that they were the favourites. They were the mm. favourites and, you know, I believe Rossi and them sat back as underdogs, quietly confident, mm. sticking to their game plan, sticking to their guns, believing in, you know, what they're doing and getting a lot of cri criticism all around our country. And I mean, it's a lesson for all, of, for all of us as South Africans, you know, often we are our own worst enemies. Yeah. You know, we, we criticise each other, but if we stick together and we believe in what we do, I mean, this team has proven to us you know what can be achieved it's just it's phenomenal you know they've, they've brought us brought us so much hope as a country and yeah, a nation and yeah. inspired us all Kenko you played in Japan yes. um, what was that that experience like um, I actually was fortunate enough to go over there the first week of this tournament to watch the initial game probably also picked too early, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, but what was the Japanese experience like for you while you were there playing? How have the Japanese taken to rugby? Listen, I absolutely loved it. You know, it's an amazing country. Um, the people are friendly. Everything they do works. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's quite hard to explain to people that haven't actually been there to see how they run things. Yeah. And rugby, I wasn't. <laughs> I was unfortunately there when they beat us the last World Cup. Um, I was mocked badly. No, just only South African in the pub. Which oh, is bad. No. So it was one of those. Um, yeah. And you know that following day, that week actually, they went from us having 5,000 supporters in a stadium to 45,000 people overnight. You'd get on a bus or a train, and you'd see people sitting there reading the rules of rugby because. Rugby's a new sport to them, you know, it's not a... And they're so methodical, so like, no, they're, they're probably it. the only country that exactly. will want to learn the, the game through the rules of... No of matter what it is, they they put everything into it, and then now to have their team, firstly, them hosting such a brilliant yeah. World Cup, you yeah. know, I think, as Warren was saying earlier, they've broken all the records. Yeah. Um, for the Japanese team to actually <laughs> finish top of their pool, to go into the quarterfinals, actually playing, not luckily, like, played brilliant rugby, so... Yeah. 
I think it's growing and whatever they're doing, it's it's working for them. So I think they're just going to keep getting stronger and stronger. Yeah, let's, let's get to the game now. And uh, there were parts in it where I felt like the Springboks are too dominant for a 3-0 lead, 6-3. You know, it's far too close for the kind of first-half dominance that we enjoyed. And there are a few chances. I know I'm at a chance. Um, I think we had a two-man, three-man overlap. And I think he was probably looking at the space. Yeah. <laughs> and he hadn't even caught the ball yet. He probably couldn't believe his luck. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, it spilled out of his hands. But there were moments where the box, you could tell that, you know what? There are spaces in this England defense that even the All Blacks couldn't exploit a week earlier. and. How do you analyze the actual game that the Springboks played? Our pack set the tone, and you've seen it throughout the whole World Cup. Yeah. How dominant our scrum has been, how dominant our line-out and our line-out mall has been, and how we've controlled possession. And yes, we have kicked a lot, but we've been powerful, and we've been accurate. Yeah. And I think England's approach was a bit naive. They tried to run out of their own half on a couple of occasions tried to play a very expansive game yeah. against a defensive system which has been you know the best in the world the best in this world ah. they haven't faced a defensive system like ours in this world cup and i just think they approached the game almost yeah almost not believing we were good enough to yeah, beat yeah. them they were very naive in their approach and Yes, our scrum was phenomenal. Oh, that's and I mean, myself and Ryan My spoke goodness. about it earlier. That really set the tone. Yeah. That when you could if tell you saw even Beast's face as well. Beast's face when you yeah. see the national anthem. You literally looked at each other and we were like, oh, this, guy's this guy, us, he's going to kill this guy that he's playing against. First scrum, <laughs> scrammed him into the ground, penalty. And then from then on, and then they brought on the, the substitutes. Yeah, yeah. And they the, did exactly the, the, the same thing. You yeah. Know? So the they forwards. Brought in damn call, I think, for, for, for yes. Kyle Sinclair. And yeah. they just got steamrolled, you know. So, you know, that saps energy out of you. Yeah. If you're going backwards, it's not just a physical yeah. draining of energy. It's it's mentally, like, what do you do? You, you're in a hole. And yeah. it's you versus me. It's nowhere to hide. Put the ball and you go backwards. Penalty. Another three points. And then, you know, you have to start taking chances. And every time they did try and take a chance, they got punished. So, you know, the guys had a game plan, kept it simple, and, and it, yeah, worked. it worked. It worked wonderfully. Worked. I mean, I think England, everything they tried to throw at South Africa using the big ball carriers, there was a period there mm. where. They had all the ball, uh, breaking game like Tuilangi, the Vunipola brothers, Itoji, and it looked like they might actually score. But to come out from that, how does, does the, the defense of the Springboks then give the confidence to the rest of the team that we survived that period where of the most pressure and it's just before halftime and you don't want to go into the sheds having just conceded a try in a World Cup final. Um, how big was that defensive yeah, that was, moment? That was definitely a, you know, a massive moment within the game and I'm not exactly sure but I think it was about 6-3 if I'm not correct or 9-3 so yeah, we were, we were ahead but they were, yeah. they were on our line and they were getting a lot of momentum and our defence again was mm. just incredible yeah. and Jeez, hasn't it been throughout the whole World Cup? Yeah, then we've uh, considered the least tries. It's it's just mm -hmm. been yeah, phenomenal. All the teams. Um, our defense has turned into attack, basically. Yeah, um, we pressurized them, and you know we used our opportunities, and but that was that was a crucial moment. That was a crucial moment, keeping them out there, um, sapping their energy, 
and as Ryan said, rugby, as much as it is a physical game, yeah, it's very mental. You know, and that was a big mental moment for yeah. the Springboks, keeping the English out and just almost, you know, giving them a little signal or a sign saying, you're going to have to do more than that to yeah. cross this line today. Um, and they couldn't. It's, it's, it was absolutely incredible. You could tell Lut went off with a dislocated shoulder. Bogum Bonabi got concussed. It's, it's almost yeah, as if the guys told yeah, them. Yeah, Dwayne many was, guys. Was, was, yeah. There were bodies all over the floor. Mm-hmm. It's like they were saying, look, I don't care what happens to me after this. It's just like I can't still be walking at the end of this game and, 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 and be proud of my effort. It's like they went beyond their 100%, which is yeah. all you can ask yeah. for the guys. Yeah, Rusty would have told them, listen, guys, put it all out there. They, yeah. They've got holidays now. they got as long as they want, basically, after winning this. So <laughs> with, with a you leave it out there. there. <laughs> That's it. You leave it all out there. There is a replacement. They can, you know, yeah. listen, if you go down, if you break something, someone will come on for yeah. you. Yeah. So Don't empty the tank out. and you could see everyone put their hand up they gave yeah. you know their best performance and you know they they didn't just win they dominated this game yeah and from the first it was a solid 80 minute performance and we dominated like I think every facet yeah. of play yeah. it was just you know it was great it was a great game of rugby it was amazing and Colby my PB tries yeah Warren yeah. <laughs> <laughs> called it he said beforehand so he said, like, is going to score the last points and you're going to win it. So, mm. Chesney, I and promise you. Like you the Oracle. <laughs> you put Chesney in a, in a, a meter box, he'll step you. Chesney's been unbelievable throughout this, this whole World Cup and for him to be nominated as, as one of the World Rugby Ah, he's definitely winning it now. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. him and, and uh, yeah, Peter Steph. Peter Steph is also in there. coach of the year. So, look, I expect... South Africans to win both yeah. of those awards. It's just, yeah, you know, it's unbelievable. Even Herschel Yanchi's breakthrough player yeah, of the yes, year. Yes. I, I, I thought he's actually been amazing uh, this, this year. And try of the year as well. Uh, Corbus oh, yeah, Reinach yeah, has yeah. yeah, so so tried. Yeah, we, 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 we could we just, just see a clean, a clean uh, uh, sweep, as, as Ryan was saying earlier. Yeah. So, yeah, it's incredible. It means so much to, to our country. Eh? Huge. Yeah. Um, Oh, wow, I'm trying to drink it all in. I'm having a non-alcoholic Heineken, though. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to not let my emotions get the better of me, so I'm, I'm keeping a little in it. I actually know a few of the guys personally. Look on your arm, my PMP. They're both from where I'm from, uh, which is East London. Slammies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah slammies. So I'm going to catch up with those boys as soon as the World Cup is done. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Like, But what do you what do you make of those guys? You know, um, we've chatted before, Warren, um, about sort of the guys that really come out from tough backgrounds. You know, we've spoken about Chocho Mbovani, who I wrote about earlier in this year. Um, fortunately, Chocho managed to find something at Naka Bulls. Um, so he's back playing rugby again. He's only 27 years old, Chocho. Um, but, you know, guys like Magazola Mapimpi, you know, really not from the linear rugby route, didn't go to a prestigious school. Um, Zia, you could say, was also fortunate to get a chance at Grey. Yeah which then catapulted him to Western yeah. province. But, you know, Alokanyo Arm went to DeFoss Malan. I'm sure half, half of the world doesn't know yeah. with yeah. DeFoss Malan. Oh. <laughs> and uh, he's from Zuelicha, which is where Bob's is from, funny enough. But, you know, these guys really give belief um, yeah. to, 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 to supporters on the ground that really the impossible yeah. can be done. No, it's, it's, it's huge. And that's why it's, it's so important that... 
a game like this, a moment like this, is available for all South Africans to see. And yeah. I know there was a lot of disappointment at the beginning of the tournament that the majority of South Africans won't be able to watch it. Yeah, it, it yeah, wasn't going to yeah. be broadcast on the on the SABC. And you know that when Heineken partnered yeah. um, with the SABC, it was, that was a huge. It was that massive. Was huge. The amount of people that now got to watch this game today that got to see this historical moment i mean it's millions and it's, millions it's, more it's, people it's, it's and incredible. i i just really hope they they broadcast each and every game on sabc yeah. from yeah. the beginning yeah. of the world cup yeah. right to the end because the people need to see this they need to see these moments from yeah. the beginning to see where this team has come from and what they have achieved it, it's mm -hmm. so important and yeah, yes, I just wish it was there from, you know, they broadcast from, from the, the start, start. but yeah, may it be a lesson, gym. you know, these, mm. uh, we should never doubt ourselves as South Africans, you know, this mm. is, we, we're so capable and such an unbelievable moment and, yeah, just so proud, eh? this is, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Incredible moment, all right, gentlemen seem to be taking it all in, I'm <laughs> going to let you guys go and have a nice quiet one if it's going to be quiet after I'll the call free <laughs> <laughs> um, I think as soon as I get home I'll retire from yeah. the alcohol free and thank you for joining me on the Sports Life podcast mm -hmm. I hope to chat to you gentlemen um, in the future and I also want to know what you guys will be up to you know post post career anytime anytime uh, anytime was that you, I hear you'll be coaching yeah it's it's coaching playing we're not sure yet but spending mm -hmm. a lot of time coaching and yeah. doing my rehab and you know, when you when you see moments like this, um, it's a fire. And, and you know, being yeah, <laughs> being a player, and I mean, I think playing was never my identity. You know, I, I yeah. love the game of rugby. And you were president of the players' union as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, I was involved with the players' union, so I love this game, and I know what what Rossi has done, and I think it's it's unbelievable as a coach to to still be involved and you know to to bring inspiration to your players and to your country and i think to to serve yeah. your team to serve them to give back to develop the players and teach and coach so i know what rossi has done and the amount of work that's gone into this it's just incredible awesome and kako you've gone corporate apparently <laughs> <laughs> no, i wouldn't say corporate um got involved with I was yeah, fortunate to get involved with the property development um, while I was playing in Japan and yeah, fortunately a lot of it worked out and um, yeah, it keeps me busy in the mornings. Yeah, I'm in able the mornings. to. For an hour or two, then he plays golf. Pretty yeah, much the no, rest I'm, of the day. I'm, I'm trying to get this golf thing going. It's a new, it's a new bug that's bit me. But um, yeah, yeah. As, as I said, yeah, I was fortunate to get a few things going, and you know, luckily they they generate me a bit of an income, and yeah, I can afford to kind of take a bit of time and put proper energy into something that I do find. Yeah. Um, and that I do really want to go into one day. A man of um, your skills should get back to rugby, Cap, because there are ways you yeah, should be playing day. golf back. One day, one day, <laughs> you know? one day, I'll definitely come back, so yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I hope to see you guys back contributing to rugby again. Thanks again. Thank um, you. Thanks for having me on this historic day. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm sure everybody who's been listening really gets to understand more. It will be unpacked, it will be picked apart, we'll review the footage. I'm still going to go home and actually what? look at the technical the side of things, you know, uh, without someone uh, <laughs> me there without the noise. So, yeah, gentlemen, great day. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, Appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers. All right.
That's it for me, Spoom Chigeliso, and you've been listening to the Sports Live podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Do also catch us on timeslive.co.za as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, Pocket Cast, wherever. To connect with us, please use the hashtag SportsLive. Share your comments with us at TimesLive or at Sowetan Live on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the multimedia live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the Tiso Black Star Digital Sports Department, headed by Ninawa Mchana Kutoko. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manike. From us at the Sports Live podcast, it's goodbye for now. <laughs>